Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by our good friend and colleague, Brad Spielberger, who is a master of everything NFL offseason, free agency, team needs, all that. And we wanted to have him on to update some team needs. So we go through every single team in the NFL and we tell you what their projected team needs are going to be this offseason and for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me is Brad Spielberger. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is not Connor Rogers, which is a great way to segue into actually what this show is going to be all about. That is our good friend, Brad Spielberger, who is truly one of the best in the business at knowing teams in and out, knowing salary cap situations, the market of who's hitting free agency, who he thinks is going to go where, and all of that means that we have a great topic on our hands to talk about potential team needs we have done so many times on this podcast ranked draft prospects we have talked about teams and where they're picking in the draft order but there is a major part of the nfl offseason that happens before the draft free agency that is a major difference maker when it comes to what these teams are actually going to select so today's topic is all about updating the team needs how these teams have played so far a little more than halfway through the nfl season and we've got brad to help us out to do that for all 32 nfl teams brad my friend how are you feeling fantastic finally making my debut on the stock exchange Let's only bringing the the average hair score i think from like a nine eight to like a nine five i want to no, say dude look at you got you do look you got the oh, wave yes. going on yeah, you got the wave going good. on i haven't Come on, i haven't combed my hair this much in months um but you know i had to, <laughs> had to live up to the hype but no i appreciate you having me definitely looking forward to it um and i love this space i think there is it's underrated how cohesive teams plans are between free agency and the draft We'll get into some more of the nitty gritty, but um, I love kind of prognosticating and predicting what teams are going to do. And I think I do that in some different ways than other people in the space. So this should be a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of people talk about like, oh, this person's like great. He's the best at what he does. Like all full by PFF bias aside, Brad is excellent at what he does. The amount of times, Brad, that you have like nailed contract predictions that have happened over the last year, like even just the last year have been mind blowing. So I can't wait for our listeners to really get to tap into some of your knowledge. And you also told me before the, pro- the, the podcast, you were like, Hey, I've watched a little bit more college football, a little more prospects this year. So I told you feel free as we go through these teams, sprinkle in a little bit of uh, whatever takes you got on these prospects. So I'm excited to hear that as well. Yeah, it's funny. I would love to say that's because I work so hard at my job and I just want to be better and, and more well-versed. Really, the Bears haven't had a first-round pick in a long time, <laughs> and now they have two. Uh, no, but all, all jokes aside, I am trying to get more into that space. You know, you obviously get brought on a million different publications and, and, and radio shows and whatnot. I get asked draft questions, and last year I just kind of read read whatever Renner wrote down and just spouted it out on the radio. Now I'm going to have my own thoughts and opinions. So I do, I do feel a little bit more qualified to, to jump in this uh, arena with you. Hey, maybe uh, Connor Bedard could also somehow save the Chicago Bears like he is saving uh, your Chicago Blackhawks. We don't have to talk about when the Blackhawks played the Lightning most recently. Uh, nobody needs to hear about any of that. Let's let's do this by division, though. I think that's a good way to divide up the podcast and and people that want to kind of like jump ahead to maybe their team or, or the, the, the divisions that their team is in. It's a good way to do it. So we'll start with the AFC East and let's start with the New England Patriots, okay? When you look at the Patriots, this is a team that has a 
top three overall selection currently. We figure this is probably going to be a team that's picking around the top five within the top five shoot, maybe even has a chance at the number one overall pick. A little bit of an outside shot with the Giants and the uh, Bears via the Panthers in front of them. But what do you think about New England? When you look at New England's team, like what are those big draft needs that you have? I honestly think this is pound for pound the least talented roster in the National Football League. Um, mm. You know, the, if you look at a roster and say, all right, like how many foundational blue chip pieces do we have? And you go team to team. I think you would say New England is last in that conversation. So Man, that's you know, a good point. That's a really good point. Because when you said that initially, I was like, Carolina, though. And but it, when you put it like that, man, I think you might be right. And that's a it's a good it's a good point to bring up. Like it is important to have mid-tier talent, to have foundational pieces, rotational guys, depth, etc. But when you're this bad, like the force multipliers, the guys that really you can you can build an offense or a defense around, like you need some of that. And and I think in that particular perspective, I think I'd put probably put them last. So yeah, but obviously it comes down to like you said, the Giants Patriots game in a couple of weeks, the, the winner of that game is a big old loser. Uh, because I think the loser of that game is in prime position. Yeah. To Draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. And then the other obvious one is wide receiver. They are desperate for wide receiver talent. Um, you know, not only because of what the looks already, but Kendrick Bourne, a pending free agent. I don't think Tyquan Thornton's ever going to become much of a thing. Like they need whatever help they can get at wide receiver. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I, I think that it starts with quarterback. Obviously, you know, whatever a lot of people thought about Mac Jones going into the season, I think there were some people who were like, hey, Mac's not too bad if you kind of build around him. I feel like that ship is completely sailed at this point. They're going to play out the season with Mack and with Bailey Zappi, but it's it's going to be a different quarterback in New England. So I agree with you. I think that's where you start, but wide receiver is a huge one as well. Offensive tackle, man, I feel like offensive tackle could have been a really solid selection for them if they would have emphasized it a little bit more last offseason. Um, and I think that that's just another area where they have to get better along the offensive side of things. So a lot of different needs on this team. I agree with you, but it's to me – they're going to hone in on offense one way or another, especially picking in this top 10. It's going to be an O-line. It's going to be quarterback. It's going to be receiver, just depending on where they uh, where they end up. What about the uh, New York Jets? We'll, we'll get we'll get the Jets out of the way. Connor's New York Jets here because he doesn't have any he doesn't have any say in it. Obviously, like one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. But a couple of these guys are up for free agency. Uh, we think that like a couple of guys might be cut at the end of the year. So it's going to be a little bit different of defense, but when you look at this roster and this team and you're projecting things, where do the needs start to stand out for you? Yeah, it is offense for me. I think if you were going to look at defense, getting some more youth next to Quinn and Williams on the interior, maybe as a spot you address, but frankly, I think they have, even if they do lose a CJ Mosley, I like Quincy Williams a lot. Even if you do lose a Michael Carter in the slot, like, are you really going to pay or sorry, you're going to use a premium draft pick when you have sauce and DJ Reed, right. uh, et cetera, et cetera. The edge rusher group is obviously absurd. So I think tackle is interesting here. Makai Becton is a pending free agent. He is not going to get franchise tagged. He's just not health wise. I think at the level to where you feel comfortable doing that. Right. I'm sure they try yeah, to retain that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they try to retain him in some capacity, but I just don't think that particular tool will be at their disposal there. So, you know, I go tackle. Obviously, Elijah Vera Tucker can play it, but I think they want him in, in to be a guard long term. Frankly, I think Joe Tipman and Elijah Vera Tucker without Lincoln Tomlinson is probably the future of those guard spots. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for me, I'm looking at tackle for them early. And I don't care what anyone says. I will never, ever believe that the Jets did not get jumped for Broderick Jones this past year's draft class. They said they love Will McDonald. I liked Will McDonald a lot. I yeah. don't care. I'm I'm convinced they wanted Broderick Jones. No, that's it. And that's a really good shout out because 
I think Will McDonald, again, like good football player, but <laughs> they would have taken Broderick Jones. They absolutely like even I'm not even trying to do the hindsight thing, given all the offensive line woes that they have had this season. Like they would have taken Broderick Jones before all of that. I mean, Makai Becton was a massive question mark, and he's a, at least a little bit solidified those questions at this point. You know, long term deal. OK, that's still how much you're paying him. But I agree with you completely. This team would have loved Broderick Jones. We projected him to go to the Jets a lot when we were doing mock drafts leading up to last year's draft, but I agree with you there. I feel like Tittman, you know, played center at Wisconsin, but like he, I just think he's too big. Like I just think he's too big to play center. So I agree with you. I think that he's going to be much more of a guard, um, just too tall. I think he naturally loses a lot of that leverage, anyways. But is is Bryce Huff a free agent coming up? He is a pending free agent, and okay. I found it strange they didn't make a bigger effort to extend him during the bye week, during the offseason, frankly. But I don't know. I mean, you still are going to have John Franklin Myers, mm -hmm. an emerging Jermaine Johnson, and Will McDonald. Like, I would still spend there. I would still try to extend Bryce Huff, no question about it. Um, but, but he's going to cash out, though, isn't he? He will, but at the end of the day, the undrafted status follows you forever. The the fact that he's he is playing more on yeah. early downs now. He's not mm -hmm. just kind of that mercenary third down guy like a Josh Uchi, but he still I think kind of has that label to a degree. So you look, he's gonna get a bag, but it's not gonna be like a twenty million a year bag. It'll be like a fourteen, fifteen million a year, you know, if that. Sure. Yeah. What's Hassan Reddick make? Like, cause that that like high end when I'm thinking, okay. Hassan Reddick is kind of that pass rush specialist, but he's, you know, he's been huge. There've been a lot of big moments for Hassan Reddick. Like, do you think a team might see Bryce Huff like that? I, I don't know off the top of my head what, uh, what his contract situation is. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good comp. Uh, it's interesting. So he's three years, 45, and it was coming off of back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, like one with Carolina. I guess one was the last year in Arizona, uh, I want to say. And it was like 15 and a half and like 13 and a half, like crazy yeah. production. And somehow the, the league let Philadelphia still sign him for like a market rate deal. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think that makes sense. That, that range and that comp, even though obviously he's like a – Former first rounder, off ball at times guy. Yeah. But yeah, I think it makes sense. What about the Buffalo Bills? Let's move on to the Bills now. This team looks a lot different now than I certainly a couple of days ago. I mean, certainly more than a couple of weeks ago. This is a team that had potential Super Bowl aspirations, and it just feels like over the last two or three weeks, especially, it's all fallen apart in Buffalo. So, what do you think about this team moving forward and some uh, some potential team needs for for them when it comes to the draft? Quietly a lot. Uh, you know, they had, I think they had a decent draft class this past year after a couple relatively underwhelming ones. Um, I think for me, it's still been another pass catcher. I do like the emergence of Dalton Kincaid. I think he's played well. Mm -hmm. You know, Dawson Knox, once he gets back and healthy, you have some 12 personnel sets there. But Gabe Davis is a pending free agent, and I've frankly never really been a fan of his, regardless of the fact he's probably about to leave. Uh, so I think another option there was Stefan Diggs, going to be 30 years old next year, makes a ton of sense. And then I know Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, just got fired. Um, the defense, the last six weeks, is dead last in the NFL in EPA per play allowed. And they've played the Giants, the Patriots, the, I don't know, they've played four bad teams, uh, Denver. And, and like, like, the defense is bad. And, yeah. um, it, you know, both safeties are 32 years old plus. I think they have cornerback issues still, even with Trey White back. Like, he hasn't been the same guy since the ACL tear. So, long answer short. I probably think another late first rounder on the secondary, even though the Kyer Elam experiment has obviously gone very, very poorly, yeah. um, or more defensive line because Von Miller is kind of not the guy you thought anymore. Right. Leonard Floyd on a one-year deal. Um, I go defense for them. Yeah, corner safety. I think those are two 
big needs for them. I know Bills fans are going to, like you said at the very beginning, be screaming for a pass catcher. This is one that uh, Bills fans that are watching and listening to the show, I'd love to hear you sound off. Which which side of the ball would you go with? Would you go with more of a wide receiver or corner? Because I agree with you. All of a sudden, man, this Bills roster, we went over the last couple of years, a lot of great names there, but it's either plateaued or taking big steps back in some key areas. So they quietly have a lot of work to do. What about Miami? I mean, Miami is obviously a team that uh, – has Super Bowl aspirations this year as well. There's, they're just I feel like more realistic than the Buffaloes at this point. I look at offensive tackle for Miami. Like I feel like a lot of the rest of the team is pretty solid. We do a lot of mock drafts here on the show, and we continually give them some sort of offensive lineman, whether it's a flexible guard tackle player or a solidified tackle that might be able to slide in there right away. What do you think? I think it's like I would if I did a mock draft every day until from now to the draft, it would be offensive line in the first round for them every single time. <laughs> <That's> so, <good. laughs> uh, yeah, Tron Armstead's awesome, but you're never really going to know how many games you're going to get out of him. And then Austin Jackson's a pending free agent, Isaiah Wynn, Robert Hunt, um, like the whole offensive line, Connor Williams, like yeah. the whole offensive line is pending free agents. So, yeah, that, that's an easy one for sure. No, it makes a ton of sense. Okay, AFC North, let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're sitting here at six and three, but I, I've said before, their record's a little overinflated for where I think the roster is. You know, do you agree? And when you're looking at this roster, where are the needs that you could project this offseason? Yeah, I do a podcast with our mutual friend John Ledyard now about the Steelers. So oh, I watch right, film right. every week. Yeah, and I could not agree more. I have no earthly idea how this do you team even, is. Do you even do you even get a word in, or is it just John going off for 60 full minutes on uh, on on why the Steelers are bad? A, you're like the fifth person to make that joke, so John's going to hate when I report back. Like, not even kidding. Someone made that joke on Pittsburgh Radio Airwaves. Um, <laughs> secondly, yeah, that that fellow, when the, when the Steelers do not play good football, he, he, he'll he rant for, you know, you and I like to talk. but <laughs> John, it's so funny. I love John to death. He's one of my best friends in the industry. There's, But it he, you know how people say, like, Peyton Manning hates bad football? Like, above anything else, Peyton Manning hates bad football? That is John Ledyard as well, especially Steelers football. When the Steelers or the Bucks are bad, this guy will – I mean, he will let him know. And you know what? We respect it for it 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it bothers him to his core. But, yeah, so anyway, so speaking of, I watched this team a ton. Um, I think for them it's also secondary. You know, Joey Porter Jr. has has shown some good football already. Mm-hmm. I think you might have a legit, like, press man, number one corner on this team now. But outside of him and Minka, they might have the worst secondary in the National Football League this season. And it's yeah. why the teams have kind of – it has been bend, don't break. They do lead the NFL in turnover margin. Their defensive line is obviously awesome. I think Keanu Benton is one of the you know better picks – uh, this past year, at least, you know, Absolutely. based on early returns. Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause like Broderick Jones, we talked about, I think is already starting to play some really good football as well. Agreed. You probably could add another tackle or guard, but Samalo and Daniels look good on the interior. You're not going to get a center this early, but they probably could use an upgrade over Mason Cole. But anyway, long answer short again, I think for them, I go cornerback. No question. Yeah. It's an older room too. You know, Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson, DeMonte Casey, Channing Sullivan. How old is Sullivan now? Okay. He's he's the youngest. He's probably he's, like I was going to say he's only 27, but like, yeah. yeah, I mean, Casey's over 30. Peterson's over 30. Wallace is 28, but man, it's just, you got to get, you got to get younger in that secondary. And I, I agree with you. I, I feel like that's a, uh, that's a, that's a big area that you got to hit. Uh, what about Cleveland? Cleveland now Deshaun Watson out for the season. So you know, the offense obviously wasn't a juggernaut, while he was out there, I know he was banged up, but they're sitting here at six and three because that defense is so good. So it feels like this is going to be an offensive selection from you. But like, where exactly on the offense would you be going? 
Yeah, I think this is where I'll, I'll drop in the point that like my favorite thing to do with a lot of these picks, even the first round, but more so later, go look at a 2025 pending free agents list more than you look at a 2024 pending free agents list. Because okay. as we as we know, rookies outside of top 50, like how often do those guys actually contribute as rookies? So not not often. So in, the, in these front offices minds, I think you're often drafting for the following year's solution. So this might sound crazy, but like for Cleveland, you know, Jedrick Wills has his fifth year option next year. Jack Conklin's career sadly might be over or, or trending in that direction with all the injuries he's had. And then like, obviously they have the, the best guards in the national football league right now in Betonio and, and Teller right. kind of getting some, some potential replacements for a couple of years down the line could make sense. Or they've obviously tried very hard to add talent at pass catcher, drafting Cedric Tillman, trading for Elijah Moore, but they probably could still add more receiving talent. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you there. That, def- that, that, that's kind of my thinking. I think I automatically go to wide receiver, but that's a that's a really good call on looking at the offensive line and the, almost like the two year outlook with this team because you want to be able to get ahead of it. I, I would agree. That's that, that's a good call out by you. Cincinnati Bengals last in the division right now. I still think this is a playoff team. I think that they're eventually going to make the playoffs. They're sitting. Uh, what are they picking? 17, 18, something like that. They're, they're right on that playoff line because they're sitting there above 500 to five and four. But when you look at this Bengals team, it has been a roster that's been good enough to compete over the last couple of years. So are there any big time free agents that are coming up that we got to think about when we're, when we're evaluating some, some draft needs for this team? I do think they've probably done the best job the last couple of years of what I just talked about. Like you add a miles Murphy in the first round when you have Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, mm-hmm. you know, and you look through all their picks, you add a Jordan battle, you add a Dax Hill, you add all these DJ Turner. Like these are day one and day two draft picks that the team yeah. doesn't plan to play right away. So I think that is huge and very, you know, important going forward. But yeah, the big name is T Higgins at wide receiver. And I do think he probably gets franchise tag. They try to work out a, a contract extension. I frankly think it's going to look very, very much like the Jesse Bates situation where who knows if he actually stays long term. Look, they drafted Charlie Jones. They drafted Andre Yeshivas. Like they, they've, they've addressed it again, um, but maybe another pass catcher or the big one for me. It's not going to be Brock Bowers, but a, a tight end on this roster. Please get a Ooh. tight end on this roster. Ooh, no, I think that that would be big. And yeah, I mean, like you don't let Yosefus and and Charlie Jones keep you back from. I mean, if you yeah, if you have the opportunity to take a major difference maker at wide receiver, a T Higgins level kind of replacement, uh, then I think that you do that. What's Tyler Boyd's outlook at this point? Because I feel like a lot of people look at the they look at the Bengals roster and they go like, oh, Boyd's been there a long time, and they're almost kind of ready to usher him out the door to draft another receiver, get somebody in there. But I'm curious just from like contract perspective, anything you might be hearing, any kind of buzz or market, like is Tyler Boyd going to be on this team for a little bit longer? Or what what do you think? I think he'd have to take like a a pretty mediocre deal. So he's also a pending free agent and he's been, you know, fairly productive, but a third contract for a slot only type of receiver, like you're not going to get big money. And I guess the last one we should mention too, the interior of the defensive line is probably arguably above some of the things we've talked about. DJ reader is awesome. Is also pending free agent. I like BJ Hill and some of the other pieces they have as complimentary pieces, but I think adding a stud on the interior would go a long way here. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I see that one a lot with mock drafts. Leonard Taylor has been a pick for them. Like yeah. if Jerzon Newton makes it to wherever Cincinnati's picking, sometimes I've seen fans really like him. His numbers on the mock draft simulator have been up. So that's a good call out as well. Last one in the AFC North is the Baltimore Ravens. They're sitting here at seven and three. What do you think about where this team is heading and, and their direction moving forward? 
Yeah, they're an interesting one. Hey, you know, Ronnie Stanley not going to play this week, and, and so maybe you do kind of start to look at, you know, offensive line a little bit, particularly at tackle. Um, you obviously have Linderbaum and, and some other pieces there, um, some position flex guys like a Makari, et cetera, but I think you want to stay out ahead of making sure this is a good offensive line for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And then I'll tell you, the biggest surprise of the season for me, I was worried more about the defense than the offense here, in particular because I didn't know what to expect from this defensive line. Justin Matabuke is having like a career year uh, through half a season. He's been awesome, always been awesome. But I still probably, and I, I know Baltimore feels this way as well because they always do, I'd probably go defensive line again with some premium draft picks. Matabuke is a pending free agent, like I said. Um, and then like there's just like, you know, Ajabo's hurt, Tyus Bowser's hurt. Like they're, Clowney is giving you a ton of production. He's on a one-year deal. Kyle Van Noy, same thing. I'd probably go defensive line and offensive line here. I'm trying to look up. Because I, I I actually, when you were like, oh, like they'll just draft a good defensive lineman because it feels like the Ravens do that all the time. I'm looking up when's the last time outside of OA they drafted a defensive lineman in the first two rounds. I guess Ojabo's, Ojabo. okay, Ojabo's yeah, a pass rusher. Yeah. So I guess it really isn't isn't that big of a deal because then you, you don't have to go back too far and you get Tyus Bowser, where was he, 2017. So I guess it's not, oh, wow, and then he had a couple of – guys who went second and third round the year before then. So I guess, not, I, I guess it is. That's just a Ravens thing. That's why, uh, that's why we're here and we're talking about it that way. I agree with you. I did not think the defense would be able to turn it around this quickly from what we saw last year. I know injuries played a big role into that, but they're playing well. And for as much as I do agree with you, offensive line kind of sneaky for the Ravens because the they're playing really well right now. And it's a veteran group. And so, like, all those guys are playing really well right now. But do you get ahead of the curve a little bit? Are you drafting an offensive lineman to make sure you are going to continue playing well up front on the offense? I think that that could be a uh, – that's a, that's a sneaky need that I have not really considered with Baltimore that could be really smart. Getting to the AFC South now. This one's interesting. It's a lot of teams that are kind of right around that middle of the pack – need to either take that next step or we'll start with Tennessee. Let's start with Tennessee. This is a team that looks like it is much more on the rebuilding side of things than not. Feels like there's a lot of areas that the Tennessee Titans need to address. I feel sort of similarly about them the way you did about the Patriots, where I think they have more star power, like more studs to build around, but the rest of that roster, man, a lot of spots that could be up for grabs over the next couple of years. Yeah, no, they, they seem like they're pretty far away. And I think Rand Carthon, the new GM, probably understood that or appreciated that more than maybe Vrabel, which you know, I don't blame a coach wanting to hang on and see if you can make a run in, in a poor division. The offensive line jumps out as the most obvious one here. I mean, you saw an Andre Dillard in free agency and he got benched like a month into the season. He's back playing now because Nicholas Petit Frere got you know hurt for the season. Yeah. It is largely injuries, but they're just not good on the offensive line. Frankly, center Aaron Brewer, I think, has been kind of a bright spot, and he's a free agent uh, after the season. So offensive line, <laughs> offensive line, offensive line. And then I feel terrible for Traylon Burks uh, getting hurt in the Pittsburgh game because he was finally playing some good ball in that game mm -hmm. um, after dealing with soft tissue stuff seemingly every week it feels like with him. But, yeah, pass catcher and offensive line, which is scary because the defense is not particularly good either. I'm with you. I, I think that, yeah, there's, like I said, there's a lot of spots on that roster that are going to be up for grabs over the last next couple of years, but it's, we all, we're almost locking in offensive line with the Titans the way that we do with the Dolphins. Cause it just, it, it has to start there. You've got to be able to invest in it. What about the Colts? So Colts only get a handful of games of Anthony Richardson this year, but 
handful of young guys playing really well on that roster, breathing some new life into it. Jalen Jones, Julius Brents, when he's been out there, uh, Josh Downs and what he has looked like. So the youth movement has already begun with the Indianapolis Colts. Where do you think they need to go next? Yeah, I think you still look at the secondary. Um, I think Julius Brents has shown some flashes so far, but the rest of the corners are like former undrafted guys or you know guys that just probably wouldn't be starting, frankly, in a lot of other spots. Um, in terms of big pending free agents, Michael Pittman, um, you know, I know he's not viewed in, in that upper echelon. Is he the best athlete? No. Like, I get why he fell to the second. He also has like 15 targets a game for a reason. Like, he's, he's obviously a good possession, you know, big body, 10 yards a catch type guy that right. if you lose, you have to replace in some capacity. So, um, but I still, I would go secondary for them. And then again, kind of a sneaky forward looking Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner, both awesome. Obviously Stewart is suspended right now, but, but they're not going to be there forever. And if you lose those two, uh, you know, it kills arguably the most talented duo you have uh, on the roster. So I wouldn't be afraid of adding some talent on the defensive line, particularly on the interior as well. What is the, like, like, do you think they would retain Pittman. Do you think they're like really trying to retain Pittman or is it something where the team might be playing a little bit of hardball and they might be looking to, cause I agree with you completely. Like I love Josh Downs, but he's a completely dis- different receiver from Michael Pittman. And like, if you like Alec Pierce, okay, cool. But Alec Pierce is a, he's a vertical threat type of uh like off the line of scrimmage receiver You're using him more for like his deep speed and his vertical ability. There's not really anybody on the roster, unless I'm completely forgetting somebody, that does what Michael Pittman is able to do. So losing him, like you mentioned, would require you to either spend in big and free agency anyways, like bring in T. Higgins, but then it's kind of like money for money at that point. Or you would really have to address that in the first round, and that would almost become a pressing need. So I'm I'm curious just your feel of it. Do you think that he is somebody who they're going to try really hard to resign or is it more of a they're playing hardball kind of a thing? The poster child of like the issue sometimes with these deals between teams and players is I think he's a good player trying to get great money because obviously every player should try to get as much money as possible. And I get that. And like I, yeah. I mentioned his draft capital for a reason. Like he probably views himself in that echelon on pure traditional stats. Like he's in a hundred catch thousand yard guy pretty much every year, but is he a guy that defenses fear? Like, probably not. Like, is right. he a no in in the truest sense of what a number one wide receiver is? Do you do you put him in that category? Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. There, there's right. and and you know, it's a you know, it's an interesting game to play because you say, okay, there's 32 teams in the NFL, so at least 32 guys have need to be like number one caliber because somebody's gonna get the targets on every team in the NFL. But I would think of Michael Pittman as as that next tier kind of a player and again I, I agree with you completely when i think about him and what he's been able to do some of the highlights that i've seen some of the film that i've watched i think he's a really good wide receiver i would like him on my football team but if he wants break the bank money then that makes sense so um i just wanted to kind of get your perspective on that because there's no doubt about it we've given romo dunze the wide receiver from washington keon coleman the wide receiver from florida state we have given them to the colts in a couple of mock drafts that we've done here on this show and Colts fans seem to really like it, and it feels like whether they have Pittman or not, getting another wide receiver would be a big deal. But if you lose Pittman, all of a sudden, it's basically wide receiver or bust in the first round. So I think that's probably what kind, of, what kind of what we're talking about here. Let's talk about Houston Texans next. Sitting here at five and four, man. What CJ Stroud is doing is unbelievable. It feels like they have just nailed it at the most important position, and it feels like they nailed it at head coach. 
right? The way that defensive line is playing, how that defense is playing under D'Amico Ryans in his first year there. But it is still a roster that is incomplete, that is building. So they're playing better than we expected, but there's still areas to get better here. So when you look at kind of like who they've drafted over the last couple of years, how they're playing versus kind of what's upcoming, where do you think the Texans should go when it comes to their team needs? It's all it's all defense for me, which probably sounds interesting, but I think they did a very good job of, you know, first protecting CJ Stroud. I mean, they now have a top five paid, a left tackle, right tackle, right guard. Um, they use the second round pick on a center. And obviously, you know, 2022 first rounder Kenyon Green, you know, hasn't played well or been healthy, but I think you're good there. <clears throat> Nico Collins has another year left. So him and Tank Dell, you probably could add more there. I wouldn't be against that at all. But for me, it is defensive line along with Will Anderson, uh, Jonathan Grenard, and Jerry Hughes are pending free agents. I want to say maybe one guy has two years left. And then Sheldon Rankins, good piece. But, you know, besides him on the interior, Malik Collins is solid there for a couple more years. But I here I'll do a specific answer for you. I, if I'm Houston, maybe see if I fall into the Jalen Phillips range with a Laatu Latu. And, Ooh, and let's a, go. Love it. Have a luxury pick where I, I think he – I personally, to me, he's probably the best edge rusher in the class. But I don't think he's going to be a top-10 pick because of the medical retirement and all those things. Hmm. It obviously worked out pretty well for Miami so far. So, like, right. it's, it's, it's for me, it's like you're sitting at, let's say, 16, 15, and you're like, talent-wise, this guy is a top-10 pick, but he's here – Let's just do it because um, they have – sorry, they have Cleveland's pick, not their own. So that is right. the key. Like, but but yeah. still, but like Cleveland with no Deshaun Watson, sure, they're sitting here True. at 6-3, and three, but how many more games are they going to win? They're basically – Cleveland, to me, becomes a New York Jets scenario where it's just it, – will the defense win you a football game or not? And their, their starting point is better because they're three games above 500. But it, look, Jalen Phillips went 18. And so yep. I think that Laiatu Latu is the best pass rusher in the class. But I understand teams looking at his medicals and not wanting to kind of like sell the farm for him, if you will. So that is a really interesting shout out. I would love that. I mean, you can, as much as I like Jonathan Grenard as well, Gator Great, by the way, him and Will Anderson, I mean, you need more than two pass rushers, right? I mean, if you're going to where you want to go, which is the playoffs and beyond, you, you need more than just two guys who can get it done, even if they're edge rushers. Get a rotation in there. Um, you can play all those guys on the field at the same time because of the size of uh, of Latu. You can sneak him inside. So, man, I, I I like that idea a lot. That uh, that's a fun one to think about. Last one here in the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are six and three, um, coming off getting their ass handed to them um, by the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, I don't know. What do you what do you think about this team and where Jacksonville is? Very interesting. I mean, obviously, Calvin Ridley might get extended, might not. Like, we don't know for certain there. So that, that that becomes very interesting. Same situation with Josh Allen. I'm not really sure why Jacksonville didn't try harder to get a deal with Josh Allen done. And shockingly, he's having like a, a breakout was, career year. I was going to say, they got to bring him back, right? I mean, is he yeah, going to get tagged at the very least? Oh, they have to. They have no choice. Yeah, okay. he'll get right. tagged, okay. and and I think he still should get like Montez Sweat plus, frankly plus, uh, you know, money. Oh, sure. Uh, that's the thing. Like they sh they should have been a first actor, and now Rashawn Gary and Montez Sweat get done. But now we're now we're getting into my my realm, and and not the the point of the show here. But no, that's what, look that all of that is good, good context because you know you have a player that sure okay you want to bring him back, but then like you're 
you're breaking the bank a little bit for him. So then that goes into, okay, then what can you give Ridley? What can you give other guys? All that kinds of stuff, which goes into draft needs for sure. So never shy away from uh, from giving that info on this pod, my friend. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, so long answer short, I would go receiver. You know, Ridley is 29, so even if you do bring him back, he's not a long-term guy. Kirk's a good player, but, you know, looks like a slot only. Um, and then, you know, Zay Jones, obviously, who knows if he's even, even on the team, you know, a week from today, we're having this conversation. So, mm-hmm. Um, I love Parker Washington coming out of Penn State. It's a random throwout, but like they have some pieces there, but I would continue to add pass catchers for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I like the idea of that. I think fantasy football people would out there as well. And it seems like Jags fans are leaning towards that direction as well. I feel like I've seen more chatter on social media for the Jags to go out and get a pass catcher where it felt like it was more of defensive centric mock draft selections through the first half of the year. And, and now we seem to be swinging a little bit more towards that receiver position. Um, before we get to the next division, uh, this time of year, it's all about setting up the checklist, you know, the routines, getting, make sure making sure that you are in your lane, that everything is handled. And the most important thing on that checklist should always be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber life makes it quick, easy and affordable to protect your family. So you can get back to enjoying Life. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. You can go from start to covered in 10 minutes with no health exam required. They got flexible policies to fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it's convenient for you all online and to your schedule. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. Meet Fabric. And Brad, it's M-E-E-T fabric.com. We've said on this podcast before, don't go to M-E-A-T fabric.com. We don't know where that goes. We can't endorse that. It's M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions to get to the afc west last afc division let's do denver broncos let's start off with the denver broncos man because it felt like a month and a half ago this is like the worst team ever right i mean it was just a laughing stock russ's contract the receivers are bad the defense isn't what we thought it was going to be and now eh, it's not too shabby that roster's actually not looked at so what's your outlook for this team where do you see the potential team needs and how they played a little bit better as of late yeah, it's interesting on both sides of the ball, too. Like, you know, getting back Baron Browning, him and Jonathan Cooper. I mean, like, people want to fire George Payton tomorrow. I'm not sure anyone has found in the same draft class with a third and seventh round pick right. starting edge rushers that sure. are like actually good players. Like, you know, you know, like, who, who's ever done that? Nobody. So, no, um, no, you know, obviously no. have Patrick Sertan, but I know Damari Mathis was like our lowest graded corner for the first 10 games or whatever, eight games of the season. Uh, maybe you go there. Kareem Jackson, obviously, you know, might not be there much longer. And Justin Simmons was kind of a, a trade name potentially. So maybe you go more there. Yeah, but that was, like, was that only was that only because they were bad? Like now that they're all right again, is Simmons more of a guy who is like, no, no, no. Like Simmons is the guy we're not moving on from. Him. Probably, probably okay. a huge factor of it for sure. And yeah, sure. so it does change the calculus. But anyway, the guys that were most rumored to get traded, I don't think it was just because they were bad because they've been subject to trade talks for two years now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Marvin Mims actually get on the football field on offense, but, um, you know, I, I think Sutton and Judy, even if they're there in 2024, like, I don't think they're there in 2025. Um, so I, I probably get another, another pass catcher because I like Miners, you know, I like Ben Powers, Garrett Bowles is still there for a little bit. Like, anyway, uh, I think pass catcher or secondary is probably where I would go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd lean 
I'd lean receiver for them. I don't know if that's just because I'm I, I like fun and there's so many good wide receivers in this class, but I I, I think so too. Um, there's their slot corner though. McMillian's I feel like he pops every single time I watch his team. So he's been a good one for them. But I think yeah, maybe a maybe a safety if they like one of these safeties, a Cam Kitchens, a Tyler Newbin, something like that, or an outside corner. I think there's a handful of them to maybe get in the first round. So um, I think that those are good targets as well as wide receiver. What about the Raiders? Raider, I mean, who knows, right? There's no draft preference. There's no, oh, this GM's done this in the past because Ziegler and, and, and McDaniels are out now. So I think like tendencies of what this team may have gravitated towards in the past, we can't really count on that. But just roster in general, what are the needs for this team? And you think what is some positions they could go after in April? I think this is one of the easier answers of the whole the whole NFL, like interior of the defensive line. Like, go get one of those studs. Get Adrian Newton, get a Leonard Taylor, even get a Chris Jenkins to just be kind of a, a plugger up the middle. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think it's it's a screaming obvious need. Um, yeah, the secondary gets picked on a lot. They've used some picks there. They had, like, Nate Hobbs, a decent player. I think we'll see more from Ja'Korian Bennett. I always kind of like Trevon Mayrig. I don't know how he's, how great he's been, but like I like him maybe, too, man. I I was pretty high like, on him coming into the draft, so I won't give up. I'm not going to give up on him. No, no. chance. No, it's, but but the thing with the Crosby thing is like it's not just that they don't really have much at edge rusher. Obviously, Tyree Wilson's done nothing. I think Malcolm Kuntz is like kind of coming on, coming along a little bit here now, but but I also think the issue is. Like they have some like decent rotational pieces, Blaw Nichols, Adam Butler, etc. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone that really commands much attention at all on the interior. And I think if you add a guy like that, like that to me is how you unlock a Max Crosby even more than getting, you know, they signed Chandler Jones to do that. I think get a get a stud on the interior. That's how you really accomplish it. Yeah, they are firmly within the Jerzon Newton sweepstakes. I I don't know if we get another interior defensive lineman in the first round. Like I like Taylor. Taylor's a really nice pass rusher, but He's still, he's still really up and down to me, and he's not the type of run defender in the middle that would really unlock the guys around him, like you're kind of mentioning. But Newton is that type of a player. So if they have their chance to pick Jerzon Newton, I think that, that could be a home run for them. I agree with you on your assessment there. Another team that's in the Jerzon Newton sweepstakes, we can go to them next, is the Los Angeles Chargers. They're not sitting here at four and five. And um, man, it's Justin Herbert sort of an aging wide receiver group and that defensive line I'll say the defense overall there's a lot of notable names but they just they're not playing well it just feels like that defense is nothing close to what it should be on paper so I don't know where do you see this team it's not like Minka I'm mean, not Minka I'm mixing safeties Derwin James gets like five penalties a week at this point I feel like like he makes splash plays but it's also like Dude, if you hit a receiver late over the middle one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I think corner is obvious. They probably have the worst. You know, outside of Asante Samuel, they, they really have nothing there. Um, but, yeah. And like guys they do have, like Michael Davis, depending for agent, et cetera. So I think there is one spot to look. I do think he's playing much better now, but I think Lil Mac might get cut this offseason if he doesn't take a reworked contract. I was going to say, he's probably a guy who, if they cut him, they probably save a decent amount of cap, right? 
He's yeah. Look, him, Mike Williams are both pretty interesting. And I feel bad for Mike, obviously, with the torn ACL. But before that, I already felt that way that he might be a, a casualty this offseason. So um, the, both of those guys are interesting. I think Keenan's playing his way into being a career charger, and that's probably the, the right way to go about it. Mm. Um, but coming into this year when he missed half a season for a hamstring, I also wondered if he would be there going forward. So, yeah, it's defense, defense, defense. And really, they could use it anywhere. But if I'm them, I start up front. Like Austin Johnson's not a particularly good player. Sebastian Joseph Day has been a, a meh signing. I like Morgan Fox as a rotational pass rusher, but yes, like you said, they're in the Jazan Newton sweepstakes, yeah. and they also should should be open to getting younger at edge rusher opposite of Joey Bosa. Yeah, that's a that's a good call because like even Bosa, I, I think what was yeah. the game that, what was the game that he looked really good in, but he was just beating the same player over and over again. And because outside yep. of that game, I can't remember which he had it was like the Jets three, game. It was the Jets game. Yeah, it was yeah. what he had three sacks in that game or yeah. something crazy. And it's like, okay, this is great, but Bosa really has not been that type of player, even when he's been back out on the field. Maybe not fully healthy, but still, I mean, that's it's tough to think like, okay, we got Bosa, he's locked down. I don't know if that's the case anymore. You mentioned Khalil Mack, though. That's a really good call out because Mac has one year left on his deal. He is signed under 2024, but his cap hit goes from 16.6 mil to 38.5 next year. (laughs) And his dead cap hit is only 15.2. So they save a significant amount of money by cutting him. And he is 33 years old. So didn't think about that one, but good call out there. Last team, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what's the, what's the need here for the Chiefs? What do they need from you? I'm sure you've talked about it extensively about wide receiver. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think it is the number one need for them. I, I like how she has produced, but I, I'm being mean. I keep saying this everywhere. Like, have you seen him like run a route or do you see him just sit down in soft spots against zone and so then that, just run after the catch? That's so what like, he's doing. And and honestly, we, we have talked about that here on this podcast. Like that's what his role needed to be. And it's not what right. it was at SMU, but it's what he needed to be at the NFL level because he was not big. He was not tall. SMU had his numbers way over inflated. He shows up at the senior bowl in the combine and we go, okay, you're not (laughs) tall enough and big enough and strong enough to play as an X. So, but he was explosive. So the chiefs are actually getting the most out of what the player is for his strength. So I like that, but I agree with you. We have talked about um, like Xavier Leggett or AD Mitchell, right? Like these bigger bodied wide receivers because Travis Kelsey, he's not going to be there forever. Um, certainly, you know, him with Taylor Swift. Now he could just run up right off in the sunset. She's got more money than the, he's ever going to make anyway. So he could call it quicks at any time and be a happy man. So they need to kind of figure out that big bodied player. And, uh, obviously I'm kidding. I don't think he's going to hang it up like anytime soon, but, um, they, they, even with him there, I think they need a bigger body wide receiver. So we are, I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I think you do. And maybe, maybe not a first rounder, maybe not even a second rounder, but I've become increasingly in, intrigued by Brian Thomas jr. At LSU. Um, maybe as a guy that they add in the middle of the draft, what was he like six, three, six, four, probably he's a big dude. He is a big um, dude. He is a big, dude. he's yeah. more of a vertical guy. Like he's more of a deep threat player, but still they, I, I would, they even need that. Like I would, oh, yeah. still, I would still prioritize a, stronger X receiver. But if Brian Thomas Jr. got on the Chiefs, he'd lead them in explosive plays next year. 100%. Uh, agreed. 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 So, yeah, no, it's a good shot. They need a guy that can, like, win at the line of scrimmage and, and be, like, the quick slant guy and do some of that work um, to just make things easier. But, yeah, I don't want to be boring, but, like, 
that's a good the, the roster i think is really really good the defense is the youngest in the nfl by average age and i think it's like a top five unit in the league so yeah. um oh yeah, wow best just, team in the league playing really well drafting really well imagine that that's crazy imagine that <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. We have an official PFF lineup. Actually, I don't know if it's the official PFF lineup, but two people, two of our producers at PFF cooked this one up and they said, bet on it. It's good. I can't say it's guaranteed because it's not because it's betting, but I actually like these picks here. So this is for Thursday Night Football because Eli and, and, and Tyler Stavchek, our two producers, came up with this one. And I do like it. Keaton Mitchell, more than 35 and a half rushing yards. All right. Like it. Like it. Lamar Jackson, more than 45 and a half rushing yards. All right. A little tricky, but I still like it. Evan McPherson, because we had to get a kicker one in there. More than one and a half field goals made. I love it. We're, we're, that's, that's a triple threat right there for Thursday night football. With basketball season here as well, it's more than just football. You can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from the special leagues play. A league created specifically for combo packages, including two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, Prize Picks will let you take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combined three-pointers made in receptions. So it's cool stuff like that. It'll, if, if you're really into a lot of sports, this is the place for you. you if you want to play along Prize Picks, uh, favorite players and even celebrities like rapper Meek Mill is in there. Andrew Schultz, the comedian. You can find the community plays under the promos tab to see entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Pick community every single week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, so if your entries end up getting hurt, you're that's still good for football and basketball games. If your player exits the game in the first half, does not return for the second half, that player is automatically rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy, people. Go to pricepix.com backslash NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for a first deposit match up to 100 cold ones. Again, it's pricepix.com backslash NFLSE, promo code NFLSE for first deposit match up to $100. Oh, and if you wanted to uh, get in on that triple threat, Keaton Mitchell, Moore, Lamar Jackson, Rushing yards, Lamar Jackson more on his rushing yards, and then Evan McPherson more on one and a half field goals made. Let's flip over to the NFC East. Um, let's just get the easy one out of the way. A Philadelphia Eagles. What are we doing here? How is Howie going to steal the draft yet again, Brad? You tell me. He'll, he'll find a way. He yeah, always does. Yeah. He's going to um, get Caleb Williams. He, he might. <laughs> 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 you can't rule it out, Trev. Like yeah, that's really the problem. Is that you, yeah. even though it's ridiculous, you can't rule it out. No, you can't. Um, I think this one's pretty obvious for me too. I think it's corner. Um, Darius Slay is what 32, 33 years old now. James Bradbury is 30 plus. Um, they've obviously invested some resources there, but I think they need to continue to do so. And I like, you know, Bayard and Blankenship and some of the pieces they have at safety. I feel more comfortable with them now as opposed to the corner room. So it's there and then I hope it's not the case, but they might need to get a center, unfortunately, to replace you know the legend and no. Jason Kelsey. Not that that's gonna be yeah. a first round pick, but Howie's not afraid to use like a second round or third round around an interior guy. Maybe they maybe they go that direction. Yeah, secondary corner specifically. It, it does yeah. just feel. I mean, like linebackers obviously there, but Lord knows how he's not gonna how he's not gonna do it with with a linebacker. So it just feels like more and more corner is the consistent need for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what about the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys is still in the playoff mix, obviously. Good football team. But where do you see their needs right now? 
I wonder about Tyron Smith as well. Like I, I do, he's awesome when he plays. It's just such a question right now of how often is he going to be able to play? Um, he's and a free I did agent, like that they right. I don't think is Tyron Smith a free agent. I thought he was. I thought he was a free agent coming up. You might be right. He's a cowboy for life anyway. You're probably I, right though. I, I um, know. I know. But like, it goes into the availability thing. Like he's what? No, no, 30, for sure. 32, 33. So Tyron Smith, just name alone, the fact that he is the fact that he is as good as he is. Some other team out there, if you let him hit the market, might just go like, we don't care. Maybe you get hurt, whatever. But when you're on the field, you're clearly a very good starting caliber left tackle. So I, I, I had thought about that with the Cowboys. It's the Toronto Armstead principle. No, it's uh, it's very true. Um, yeah, so he is. You're right. He's a pending free agent. That's a miss by me. So then, yeah, like I like Terrence Steele. I think you could kick Tyler Smith back out to tackle if you wanted to, but you probably don't want to mess with how good he's been at left guard at this point. So Tyler Biadash is also a pending free agent at center. So, yeah, I'd probably go offensive line there. We know they love the trenches. Mozzie Smith finally played well, but you probably could. I don't know. I like Oso Digazuo a lot, so they're probably mm-hmm. fine there. Honestly, for me, yeah, it's 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 probably just offensive line. And, and Dallas, you know, I mentioned the whole thing of, like, drafting for the future. They also do that as well as anyone. Um, you know, we're now seeing Sam Williams start making plays, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's just what they do. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go offensive line. Yeah, offensive line I think is a good shout-out. Um the other two, because I just did a Cowboys like team centric mock. The other two that I would throw out there, now that they're going to draft a running back in the first round, probably even second round, but Tony Pollard obviously coming off the, the franchise tag. So depending on what happens there, they might draft a running back at some point. Interior defensive line, I think they got a lot of interior defensive linemen right now that are pending free agents. So a new body could be in there. Um, and then also, I still like the idea of this team adding a corner. And I like this is not Deron Bland Slander. He's been playing really well, but. Um, Jordan Lewis hasn't been playing great, and he's a free agent upcoming. Stephon Diggs on the last, or Stephon Gilmore, sorry, is on the last year of his deal. So you get Trayvon Diggs and Deron Bland in there, but you need more than two good corners. And so I, I would not shy away from somewhere on day two, the Dallas Cowboys looking at uh, the cornerback spot as well. Washington, That's a good com- yeah. Washington sorry. Commanders. Sitting here the Commanders six. now. Yep. What up? I was, I was just saying, sitting here at four and six. Doesn't look like Rivera's going to make it. So we're probably having different decision makers here with Washington. Do you think Sam Howell is safe? I don't know. What, what do you think about this roster here? Yeah, Josh Harris will make a splash and bring in a new head coach and general manager. Um, I just it remains to be seen who it is. I think it's going to be unorthodox. I think it's going to be different than what we're used to. Um, so that'll be interesting. But look, I mean, they have five top 100 draft picks now because of the trades of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Yeah. I won't say Howell is safe. But I actually do think he's playing his way into buying another year or two, you know, as time goes on. For me, for them, I mean, I guess edge rusher now makes a lot of sense. But uh, the yeah. offensive line, yeah, the offensive line is a big one for me here, though, too. Um, you know, they, they, made, they made some additions this past offseason, um, you know, bringing some former Chiefs along with, with Eric Bieniemy, But I think tackle or guard really uh, could go a long way here. Um, but they drafted Stromberg, the center out of Arkansas last year. They have some pieces, but a blue chipper along the offensive line in the first yeah. round makes the most sense to me. Sure, sure. No, I could I, I could get on board with that. Yeah, we when we had talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, right after the, the trade deadline. I remember it was last week, right after the trade deadline. It was like, oh yeah, edge rusher. That's what happens when you trade your two starting edge players. It uh, immediately becomes a need. What do you know? So uh, what about the New York Giants? Uh, an incredibly disappointing year for the Giants. Even some of the young pieces that they've had there up and down, certainly Evan Neal. I mean, that, that's, I, I didn't think that we were going to sit here with a question mark for the Giants to tackle for a long time. And now I wonder if 
that's a major need that they have to think about. Obviously, they're picking high enough to where you're considering Drake May or Caleb Williams. But just overall, what do you think about this Giants team, where they're at, where that maybe they can naturally bounce back with some of the other guys on the roster, but areas that you would say like, okay, when the draft rolls around, like we got to hit a couple of these spots. There's a ton, and it's all the premium positions too. So it's not looking pretty. Um, but yeah, I think you have to go receiver. Like I know you took Jalen High, you took Wandell Robinson, but if you're not on the Drake May Caleb Williams sweepstakes, you're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, and you're not thinking twice about it. So, or I don't care about Waller, take Brock Bowers as well. If you have a top ten pick and aren't taking a quarterback, like I have no issue with that at all. Um, I love Deontay Banks coming out. I think he's being completely left to die on this defense right now. Yeah. Um, and then the weirdest thing I thought coming into the season that I scratched my head and said, why is this team doing this? The New York Giants with Wink Martindale, who blitzes as much as anyone not named Brian Flores, chose to walk into the season with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari as their starting edge rushers with basically nothing behind it. And I'm like, I- I've never understood a decision less in my entire life. So mm. Ojolari, I think, is a pending free agent. Regardless, he plays 300 snaps a year. Um, I would go edge rusher for them as well. Man, yeah, I think I think Deion Tay Banks is going to be fine. Like I think he'll he'll be totally fine. He's just playing in a very aggressive defense as a rookie and being asked to do a lot of very difficult things. So not worried about him. But yeah, yeah, for a team that prioritizes pressure, you definitely got to get better in that area. Do you see them? Do you see them going after tackle at all? Like for, for that first round pick, you know, say. Say they don't get one of the quarterback spots. Say they're picking like third or fourth, something like that. You got a chance to take Olu Fashano or Joe Alt, whoever you want to play at tackle. Do you think they would? Or is it like, man, we got to give Evan Neal another year. We we think that we're probably going to play him at tackle. It's interesting. I mean, they obviously, Andrew Thomas wasn't a world beater right out of the gate. And so maybe right. they're reminding him, you know, and I'll say this, like, look, I am not a, I don't even want to say this, but I'll say it. Like I went to Giants camp and they were running gassers with the offensive line. And like Evan Neal's getting beat by John Michael Schmitz, who's a tree trunk by like 15 yards. And like, maybe he just wasn't trying because it's training camp, but who cares? But like, he looked like the most out of shape guy on the field. And I, again, I uh, probably should not have said that out loud, but that was, that was my perception of what I saw. So if he's getting, beat, if he's getting beat by 15 yards by the center, then he's probably, yeah, he's probably the most out of shape guy that's there. It didn't look good. And I, anyway, so uh, I could be totally wrong, but that, that was what I saw. So mm. maybe, but if I'm them, I give him some more time and I get a pass catcher that can actually separate on the outside to get the ball out of Daniel Jones's hands. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I get why people would want offensive line. I certainly would not argue against it or be upset by it. And I love those guys. I love Fuaga at Oregon State. Like, there's a lot of good prospects there. Um, but I, I think they just you're sitting there like in a three to ten range, and those, those receiver receivers are there. I think you just got to do it. Yeah, and by uh, by Daniel Jones, you of course mean Josh Dobbs. But we understood what you meant yeah, there yeah, with yeah, their sorry. starting quarterback next year. If it's not Drake May, it's got to <laughs> yeah. be Josh Dobbs. I mean, that's going to be the case for basically every NFL team. Uh, the NFC North. We'll leave the Bears for last. I'll leave the people in suspension to hear your Bears thoughts there. What about the Packers? Three and six. I mean, this is a team that was you know, double digit win team with Rogers on it. You know, you move over to love. It looks a lot different, but it's not just the quarterback position. Like a lot of other positions are letting them down big time. So all of a sudden with Rogers no longer there, it feels like it's a massive turning of the page. They've gotten younger in a lot of areas already. So what do you think about where this roster is and some needs for them? You remember how confident I was last year about who they were taking in the first round. Do you remember our conversations about that? 
No, I don't know. Maybe you, we, maybe you and I didn't talk about it. I put Lucas Van Ness for them for a mock draft every single time I posted a mock draft on the website. <laughs> did um, you I, did you did you have a source on it? Or were you just like no, they're picking no, this? No, I, I promise I did not. I was just like <laughs> there's a there's a big white edge rusher and like this team <laughs> who played at Iowa and like he's gonna get turned into an outside linebacker. They're gonna Rashawn Gary this guy. Like, hey, no more four eye, lose some weight and, and learn how to play on a uh, a two point stance. Yeah. It just made too much sense. I feel more confident about them taking a tackle uh in this class than I did last year. Wow. Okay. Dave Bakari's like, done. Um obviously awesome when he plays, but like he's done. And then I love Zach Tom. I think he's a stud. I think he's got good position flex. Mm-hmm. You know, him, Elton Jenkins, all those guys, all they do, they're gonna sit there with a top ten pick. And take you know the Alt Fashanu Fuaga whoever, and that guy is going to be an All Pro for 15 years in a row, and just laugh at Montez Sweat and my Bears for for you know eternity. What about the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, not gonna lie, did not expect them to be competitive. Certainly after Kirk Cousins went down, but I didn't even think they were going to be that competitive before Kirk Cousins went down. I thought this is a team that was in for big time regression after winning 13 games last year. I didn't think they'd be horrible but i thought okay somewhere between seven eight wins this season which is a big step back from what you had the year before they're sitting here already at six and four so they're about to eclipse that anyways with uh with with a guy who picked up the playbook two weeks ago now that cousins is down so what do you think about the uh, the minnesota vikings it felt like they were about to turn the page and here they are still winning football games so does that complicate things or, or where do you think that their needs are Let's give Brian Flores his flowers. My goodness. I think this is the least yeah, talented man. Holy in the NFL. Cow. <laughs> like, it's nuts. It's like that That was even less than offensive regression. I just said this defense is worse than last year's defense. Once they traded Zedarius Smith, lose Dalvin Tomlinson, and last yeah. year's defense was a bottom five defense in the NFL. Um, defensive line. Defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. I think mm. they probably will now find a way to get Daniel Hunter under contract going forward. Um but like you know, I, I like with Harrison Phillips, the big fellow on the interior, is a good good nose tackle. Yep. Um, but outside of that, it's like you're giving DJ Wanham like significant snaps. Like you're you're playing some dudes that brother. Like they should they should not be playing as many snaps as they are. So uh, I, I'll, I'll go defensive line big time for Minnesota. Yeah, a splash along the defensive line. I could I could absolutely see that. That uh, that does make sense. Man, shout out to Cam Bynum, man. I this dude is playing at. Uh, borderline pro bowl all pro level with what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks so they got a stud in the secondary for sure they're kind of figuring out a little bit of the rest but even that group seems to be playing better you need to get better up front um i would agree that's uh that's a big area to hit um okay the detroit lions lions looking like one of the best teams in the nfc absolute juggernaut right now where do you think their needs are Still corner for me. It's unfortunate Emmanuel Mosey got hurt again. I, I hate that he got hurt at the end of last year in San Fran. I thought he was going to sign like a really nice deal and, and yeah, was playing some good ball. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, had to sign the one-year flyer and gets hurt again. Um, I think outside corner is the number one for me. You know, looking back on it, like I'm almost surprised, you know, in the first round this year, um, you know, Jameer, not even getting into the conversation of like RB value, all of that. And for all we know, like Devin Witherspoon would be a Detroit Lion if, if, if he didn't get taken the pick before. But like if I'm running the Lions, Christian Gonzalez is, is my outside corner uh, opposite of Cameron Sutton. But anyway, um, outside corner for sure. And then I still think you need more on this defensive line. I love Ali yeah. McNeil. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson's a dog. Um, but outside of that, like I think Hutchinson has like 52 pressures for us. They have no other edge rusher with 20 um, on the season. Whoa. Yeah, so th- those two for me. I go defense. Okay, yeah, I, it's, I 
I even lean defensive line over corner right now. Like, yeah. I think I think they're playing, you know, I think they're playing some scrappy ball at corner. And so, like, I think they're even getting by with the guys that they have. Now, not that they're not going to upgrade, but I agree with you. Lee McNeil, Aiden Hutchinson, but give me somebody else along that defensive line. If they had another stud on that defensive line, and they could get one. There's is a deep pass rush class, so you get another stud, now you're now you're really cooking. All right, go off on the Bears. What do we think? Bears obviously have a couple of premium picks in the first round this year. I mean, it's it's a team that's got a lot of flexibility on where they could go, and they've got their chance to make some big-time splashes in the draft. So what do you think? Yeah, you're down there in Charlotte. I need you to do like a rain dance, but like an L dance every Sunday. Just make sure they keep losing. Listen, brother, uh, I don't need to do anything. They're going to keep losing. <laughs> I don't know. I can just sit my ass on the couch and watch it on Red Zone. <laughs> That's fair. Or not watch on red zone because they're never in the red zone. But uh, but yeah, so damn. Yeah, smoke them. Uh, so <laughs> Gail Williams or Drake May with the first or second overall pick. I actually going to ask you a question on this. Like I had talked myself into if Carolina's pick is three, can you convince yourself of like a JJ McCarthy or whoever is the next guy? Hypothetically, I'm leaning no at this point. No. Um, yeah, you're, you're also in the no. In the no, no yeah. If, if they're picking three. Uh, I mean, you, take you, you pick up a Maserati from the dealership is what you yeah, do. You, yeah, you probably pick up a brand new Maserati. Yeah, you're in an interesting spot where, damn, okay, so let's say we haven't gone through this scenario, this scenario yet, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but, like, let's say Chicago picks three. Like, let's say it's three and five, you know? What are your two picks at three and five for Chicago? I go crazy. I think Maserati and Brock Bowers and just go, just go nuts with it because, okay. like – I am a believer. Look, I love the tackles in this class. I do. I am a Braxton Jones believer at left tackle. Is he is he a premier guy? Maybe not, but I think he's a very capable player. And I think pass catcher is a, is a bigger need right now. And then I mentioned the edge rusher class. Like, I wanted Jared Verse to take that step and be a guy that I felt comfortable using a top 10 pick on. He has mm-hmm. not. Lots who's my favorite, but the, the medicals are, are a question mark. Mm-hmm. I like Braylon Trice at Washington. He's a good player, but I don't know if he's in that camp, that category. Maybe you do. Um I go nuts on offense. Maybe you do go Alter Fashanu and then a pass catcher, but why not take Mar- Marvin Harrison and Brock Powers in the yeah, same draft? Class? Look, I mean, if you can't get a court, I'm not reaching. I'm, I've done mock drafts or I've done this before, but I just I don't like doing it. I just don't like reaching for another quarterback in the top five. I think this class is too talented with a lot of other players. Certainly, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ola Fashanu, like those guys, a Brock Bowers, and. Yeah, I, I I might be with you. So like next year, if they did that, their offense would be their pass catchers would be Marvin Harrison Jr., DJ Moore. Is Darnell Mooney still under contract? Does he have no one more year? Free agent. Okay, yeah, so free he's printing free, free agent. But then you have Brock Bowers. That is a sick trio for I don't know. You could be playing quarterback. I don't care. Oh, it's Josh Dobbs. Never mind. Sorry, it's Josh Dobbs. It's obviously Josh Dobbs. No, real quick though, just realistic answer. They probably trade one of those two and move down and just like mm-hmm. stockpile picks. But anyway, that, that's not what this podcast is about. No, 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 no. That's not what this podcast is absolutely going to the extreme. Okay, New Orleans Saints. They're sitting here at five and five, but ugh, it, I'm not super confident on this roster. So one of the oldest rosters in the league. I actually messaged you whether it was yesterday or the day before. Okay, tell me. Is the 87 million over the cap that they are currently at? Is this fake or what do we do? Are they just going to cut half of the roster? What are they doing here? Yeah. So the way they do it is they set it up to where like they know they're going to restructure these deals. Like instead of you look at Philly, they just go ahead and prorate stuff in advance. 
say the Saints have these massive salaries and roster bonuses that they're going to prorate. So they're fine cap-wise. We're not going to sound the alarm. I mean, it's not fine because they're not a good football team and they're the oldest roster in the NFL by average age. Right. And they're 5-5 five and five with the easiest schedule in the National Football League. And nice. they have the easiest schedule for yeah, they stink. Anyway, so um, <laughs> defensive line, like Carl Granderson's emergence has been awesome. I think he's a stud. I think that, yeah. that that extension was a phenomenal, phenomenal signing. Like I do like a lot of what this front office does. Um, there's no question about it. They know how to identify talent and they know how to retain talent. Um, I know they just used a first round pick on Brian Brzee, but Kalen Saunders and uh, Nathan Shepard as like your starters is not great along the interior. Cam Jordan's awesome, but he's 33 years old. Um, you probably could make an argument for left tackle because James Hurst and, and Trevor Penning is not really getting the job done right now no, or Andres no. Pete, whoever's, whoever's playing at left tackle these days. So, um, but yeah, pass catchers are solid. Secondary is pretty solid. I think it's trenches again for them. I think it's I, I think it's something along the trenches. I agree with you. It's either offensive tackle or defensive line. Uh, that's that's where we've honed in on it with the show. What about the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, I think quarterback is the obvious one, right? I think a lot of the rest of the roster is ready to compete, uh, even though some areas like uh, some areas on the defense, okay, a little bit older, so you could get ahead of that. I know they signed a lot of veteran guys to just make that defense a lot better than it was previously, but this roster is, is set up to compete, uh, and and I think that quarterback is the big one, but outside of quarterback is there anything else that stands out to you not quite the same but they do give somewhat of the vibes of your tampa bay buccaneers you know pre tom brady where like they are set at a lot of spots like it's mm -hmm. different but but like and you could drop in a good quarterback so yeah that's the obvious one but they're probably not picking early enough um i think it's edge rusher like yeah you have a great interior duo with grady jarrett and david Onyemata, but I think they're 31st or 30th for us. And if you just look at edge rushers, their pass rush win rate or pressure rate um, is like bottom five of the NFL. So, yeah, it's like Bud Dupree. I know they just drafted Zach Harrison, who I thought was solid. And I, I thought people were kind of lower on him than I was coming out of Ohio State. But, um, but yeah, I go edge rusher for them for sure. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Carolina Panthers, we mentioned they're 1-8, and eight, one of the worst rosters in the NFL They've got some big free agent decisions over the next couple of years. J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, uh, Derek Brown, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of key pieces on that defense. And then offense, shoot, man. I mean, you could throw a dart at a dartboard with all the offensive positions um, highlighted of what they would need, and, and you wouldn't be wrong. But with no first-round pick, how does that kind of change your mindset of what their team needs might not, might be thinking we don't pick until the beginning of the second round it's interesting so like you know i think Ike Kwanu has turned a corner and played much better so i like the tackle duo of him and taylor moten um yeah, i think know, you have burn. to i think you have to at this point because they just don't have a lot of like there's so many other areas of the roster that they have to upgrade that like icky has been way more up and down than i thought that he would have been this year but you're almost like you just got to ride with it like you, this is almost okay you made your bed now you gotta lay in it that I realized I put them in an article I did. I connected these two, and you'll love it. Uh, a nice gator. I think Prince Lee Uman Milan is interesting because we're not okay. talking guys that I think are going to be there at 33. I don't know if you think he's going to make it that far, but um, yeah. yeah, I assume he would be. Right. Um, maybe that's even a little bit rich. But um, And then I think I just also take the best wide receiver available at that round So like, or that spot. Like, does an Egbuka make it that far? Maybe, maybe not. You mentioned A.D. Mitchell. Uh, Leggett, uh, who are the guys I like in that range? Yeah, Xavier Woody, probably somebody a lot of people talk sure, about. Like, sure. you, you, you just get way faster, you know? Yeah. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I know they took Mingo, and like, let's not write the story on Mingo yet, although it doesn't look great. But um, Chark's depending free agent. Adam Thielen is thirty-four year, thirty-three years old. Um, honestly, credit to him for producing as much as he has. Like, I, you know, I, but yeah, pass catcher or or edge rusher for me here. Last team in this division, it's uh, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, flirting around five hundred. Had the three-game win streak, had the three-game lose streak. Now they just came off beating the Tennessee Titans. So I, I don't know. What, what do you think about the Bucks and where they are post-Tom Brady? Perfect, right, Trev? No, no issues. There's no holes, right? There's a lot of issues, brother. There's a <laughs> lot. Let me put on my John Ledyard hat and tell you about all the issues that this team has. Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't think you've seen quite enough from Joe Tryon, Shayinka. Obviously, Shaq Barrett getting up there in age. I think yeah. edge rusher does make a lot of sense here for them because I love the Vita Vea Kalajikanti combo. Um, you do have a pretty good secondary. You know, you got to retain um, Antoine Winfield, but I think they'll probably tag him, work through it. I think Luke Kadecki has been kind of one of the bigger second-year breakout guys for me. Um, and Cody Mock's playing better as weeks go on, but you probably could stand to add a left guard or center. Um, but we're talking like first round here. So, look, does Mike Evans not come back? Pause for we pause for crying. Um, I think he probably will, but you never know. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, they're probably also kind of in that boat. Like take that that next tier. Let's say they're picking fifteen. Uh, no, let's say they're picking thirty-two. No, let's say they're picking fifteen. Like. Does a Keon Coleman make it that far? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I was wondering where you were going. I was like, are we going second round? Or, oh, no, never mind. He said they're winning the Super Bowl. Never mind. Yeah. I'm trying to be as nice as possible. But, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Pass catcher or edge rusher, depending on the Mike Evans situation. But right. even even if not, like, well, Trey Palmer's had some flashes. No, Palmer's play, if they If they bring back Mike Evans, which, of course, they will. Obviously, they will. There's no chance in hell that they won't. Um then you have, I mean, I really like their three receivers. They would definitely need to upgrade a tight end. Like if you're picking and you got a chance to pick Brock Bowers, I mean, you yeah. do it. I think you sprint to the podium at that point, because even with Mike Evans, however much longer he's going to play, if you bring him back, you still need to start at least thinking about, okay, what might be next? And you get Brock Bowers, you'll be all right there. So Chris Goblin's not going anywhere. Trey Palmer's, I think a stud. Um, interior offensive line, I would agree. I think that that's an area that you look at. Is there somebody worthy of that in the first round? That would be the big question. Um, and then edge rusher. Yeah, sadly, uh, these, the guys that they have on the edge, Marquise Watts, honestly, intrigues me the most, uh, a late draft. guy. actually, was he an undrafted free agent or they drafted him? I at think the very so. End? Yeah. I think he was undrafted. Dude. I mean, he is, uh, he is at least flashed where I go like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to start him, but at least he has been nice. But you mentioned Shaq Barrett's getting up there in age and we haven't seen enough from the other edge rushers. So they definitely need help, um, in that area as well. To everybody out there, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It is the most revolutionary ball trimmer that the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have done it again. They've been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. AI is pretty cool, but... I think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Using the promo code PFF, it's high tech in low places from our friends over at Manscaped. Inside the package, you will find the star of the show. It's the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth-generation trimmer features two interchangeable blades, next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth everywhere that your heart desires this bad boy also features led spotlights to provide contrast on multiple different skin tones so you can shed some light on the darkest places if you were looking to take it on the go manscapes got you covered this puppy 
uh, comes with a travel case that's even that even has a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental power ons or weird looks in the airport if you might be uh, walking around there. So you know, obviously that you guys could see the fantastic goatee that uh, that our guy Brad has over here. So you know that he is a connoisseur with it. I'm somebody who just consistently trims the beard, and I love this product for that as well. So whatever type of shave you're looking for, Manscaped's got you. 20% off free shipping using promo code PFF at manscaped.com. There's 20% off of free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. I can promise you you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our friends over at Manscaped. Last division, CNC NFC West. What about the Niners? What about the San Francisco 49ers? Not looking as invincible there in the middle of the season, but uh, it's a pretty stacked roster, and obviously they're going all in, making a move to bring in a guy like Chase Young. But what do you think about this team moving forward? Where some team needs for the Niners? It is super stacked, but I think for me, the offensive line, it's almost impressive what they've gotten away with. Obviously, Trent Williams, probably the best player in the game, but he's 34, 35 years old. And then I could think I could make the case that the rest of the players are at replacement level or around replacement level like i know they've used early round picks on the guards recently and um but you know and they, they paid uh the center whose name i'm escaping me right now but um i think that's the most obvious is, is offensive line and then maybe corner but i think you just you just do the best tackle or guard available and you've said there's probably not an interior guy that goes in the first round yeah i just had the best tackle available and, and and i think it's an easy decision for me yeah, beefing up the offensive line, it's where the eyes go. I think every time you look at the depth chart and then you look at the picks they have, I think that that's a, that's a pretty common one. Um, what about the Cardinals? Very curious here because this is a team that was projected at the beginning of the year. They're picking like back-to-back. They're picking one and two. Now it doesn't even look close to that. I mean, Arizona's picking four with their own pick, but they just came off a win with Kyler Murray coming back. They've looked a lot more competitive outside of that. And then Houston, of course, above 500 now. Their pick right now is at number 20. So a little different outlook, but still two first-round picks or two first-round picks. What would you target for Arizona's team moving forward with these two premium picks? Yeah, I just want to quickly say I think Monty Fort had one of the best first off-seasons for a GM that I can ever remember. And this he, draft class yes. is awesome. Yeah. And like, I love Michael Wilson. I love Garrett Williams. I love BJ Jolari so far. Yeah. Uh, more than yep. honestly, I think I, I was going to like him coming out, frankly. Um, and obviously, Paris Johnson has been good, too. So I don't know how much they're in love with DJ Humphrey. So maybe they do consider taking a blue chip tackle with that first pick. I probably just get one of the elite receivers again that we've talked about time and time again. Um, hey, you have Marquise Brown, uh, Michael Wilson, and then drop in like a legit X stud. Um, I think that's immediately because with Trey McBride emerging now too, you all of a sudden have like an awesome, awesome core there. And then with the other pick, I know it's at 20 right now, but if you're in the Drazon Newton sweepstakes, um, you have to you run that pick in as fast be as you awesome. can. Yeah. Yeah. I- I agree with you, man. I like Keetro Clark, but I think that Keetro Clark's pretty much a nickel only. Garrett Williams is somebody who I think could start on the outside, but if you wanted to get another corner in there, I think that that makes sense. But uh, it is it is trenches for me as well. Pass catcher, certainly, if you have a chance to take Marvin Harrison Jr., I think you do. But outside of him, even for the other great wide receivers, Keon Coleman, Romo Dunze, uh, Malik Neighbors, like I'd still probably go trenches. If you're in range of picking those guys, there's probably some good tackles their pass rushers that are on the board. So I would go that direction as well for the Cardinals. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, three and six. Man, just a total turnover of that roster where there's a couple of cornerstones. You know, you got Aaron Donald, you got Matt Stafford, you got Cooper Cup. I know Puka Nakua is obviously playing incredible, but the rest of the roster, man, it's a 
felt like there were a lot of positions that were up for grabs this past offseason. So it's a young group. It's a new group. Where would you go here if you were the Los Angeles Rams? I've actually been impressed early with Byron Young. Again, a guy that I didn't like as much coming out. And I think he's, I mean, obviously he was wrong. He's been pretty good I, already. I did, but... baby. Let's go. Let's go. go. Listeners of the flexing, pod news. Yeah, that's why you do this for a living, and I hop on the pod once once a year because uh, you actually know what you're doing. Yeah, my opinion on who I liked and didn't like could not matter Sometimes. less, but I figured I was just working <laughs> in there. Um, but he's been good, though. Anyway, I still would go edge rusher here. Yeah, like Michael Hoyt is playing like minutes. Uh, you know, the guy's getting snaps out there um, with, with all due respect. I'm such a dick. Uh, so I would probably still look at edge rusher extensively. Um, and then obviously offensive line, like – I think they made a great pick with Steve Avila. He looks good already. Yeah, he does. Um, but I would look at tackle strongly. Um, frankly, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be in that range for one of those top top tackles. I think you run that pick in. What about quarterback? Because that is, you know, when they have had a top eight selection, and, you know, if it, basically any non-Caleb Williams-Drake May player is on the board at quarterback, is Stafford's situation to the point where you think – because there have been the retirement rumors. Obviously, he goes through injuries – He's he's not like up there in age. He could play a handful more years if he wants to, but I don't know what, what's your thought. How much longer do you think that he's gonna he's gonna play in this league? It's a very fair question. I think this contract he's on, which if I'm I could be wrong, I think it runs through 2025. So technically, two more years beyond this current year. Um, yeah, am I right on that, or is it? Yeah, so it goes actually yeah. to 2026, but there's like a potential out where they could completely get out of it and save a lot of money on the cap after the 2025 season. So I think it's in that range. I don't think he finishes his contract. I think he either plays like just 2024 and hangs them up or plays 2024 and 2025 and hangs them up. Yeah. But I still wouldn't be opposed. If, if you love a prospect there and you want to make that move, like I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. Even if you want the guy to sit behind Stafford for a year or right. two, Right. Um, cause odds are the guy's going to play six games a season. Like, you know, I don't I mean any disrespect. Like I, I think Stafford was playing awesome ball this year. This injury this year also isn't like back or hip. It's like he's hit his hand right, super yeah, hard right. on a guy's helmet. Like it's yeah. that happens. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say. It just comes back to, you know, our conversation of like, do we like the rest of this class? Maybe you do for them a Jalen Hurts type thing. Like I, I could be totally wrong. I think we're going to see like Bonix, Michael Penix, and those guys in the second round, not the first. Maybe I'm way off on that, mm-hmm. but they're older. There's some injuries there. I, that could be a, a good move for the Rams potentially. Yeah, it is. It's going to be an interesting conversation. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds with a lot of teams that I think are going to want quarterbacks versus, okay, this guy's a little bit older. Okay, this guy's not uh, the the ideal quarterback prospect, but – do you go for them anyways? Because I think there are a handful of quarterbacks that you could then make cases for to be first-round picks. But what's the level of, I guess I'll say, desperation for teams that are going to want to pick that? Then that's when you start to get into that conversation of a lot of those other guys. Last team is the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about the Seahawks, what they have currently? A little bit of a winning window here for them, obviously, as a team that's competing for wins, competing for playoff spots. But uh, what do you think about this roster? Super interesting. Like they're good at a lot of spots, or, or if they're not good at a spot, like Ed Rusher does jump out to me, but they've used second-round picks, what, three of the last four years? I mean, Darrell Taylor is a pending free agent, so he is not going to be there. Like We are seeing the emergence of Boye Mafe as a really good player right now, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll throw it in there again, and I think you disagreed. I like Derek Hall coming out of Auburn. Um, I think I was higher on him than most people. Whoa, I um, like Derek Hall too, but you, okay, you probably liked okay. him more. You, you probably liked him more than I did. 
Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I don't do round grades. I just, I just vibes. My, my draft analysis is purely vibes. But Listen, uh, sometimes, honestly, like sometimes towards the end of draft season, like we need that. Like we need just like a full vibes big board. Like, hey, yeah, I think this guy's a good football player. Like no round grades, no like metrics, nothing. Just be like, yeah, he's a good football player. Yep, yep. I just find new adjectives to describe people. Like Will McDonald's the springiest uh, member of the class last year, in my opinion. But anyway, so um, which I think is a fact. Uh, anyway, so like I still like Chenny Wosu's great, but coming off the injury, like I said, they have a lot of pieces there. But maybe you still go that direction. Um, interior makes sense too. Draymond Jones, I think, has been a fairly underwhelming signing for the price. Obviously, they trade for Leonard Williams, but getting into that component. He is not only a pending free agent, he's also not franchise taggable because he's been tagged twice already. And maybe they find a way to just work out a deal. They mm. probably had some conversations before making that trade. Right. Um, but yeah, so defensive line jumps out to me. And then we've said this 10 times now, but like I like their tackles and I would go interior, but I'm not sure there's an interior guy that's worth you know a pick that early. Makes sense. Now we got to hear from you. Now we want to hear from you people. We did. 32 teams and updated the team needs had a lot of good conversations a lot of good information from brad on those so sound off best way to do that is in the comment section youtube.com backslash at, at nfl stock exchange we done all the fan bases so i we, we do we want to hear from you guys this is the best part about what we get to do we get to not only give our takes but then you guys get to give takes on our takes and also we get to hear yours independently so tell us what you think your team's biggest needs are going into the offseason that'll help the entire nflse draft community get to know the league better be able to mock draft better more accurately and just go into this offseason with a lot of really great knowledge please do that if you are uh audio only you can hit us up there as as well on x or twitter because connor doesn't like calling it x he's just calling it twitter now uh or instagram i'm at tampa bay trey brad what are your do you have the same twitter and instagram uh, I don't have an Instagram. I'm actually a non-Insta guy. Wow. Uh, yeah, which wow. I think makes me a weirdo. But good for you. No, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I spent enough. I spent enough time on the one that I do have, which I also refuse to call X. It's Twitter. It will always be Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so at PFF underscore Brad, throw me a follow. Uh, free agency in the draft. I think Trevor and I will be doing a lot more stuff collaboratively as well, um, which should be fun. We have a lot of really great stuff that's cooking um, going into – draft season and the off season but seriously give if you do not already you have listened to brad throughout this entire podcast it's almost an hour and a half long this guy had copious amounts of information for every single team it's because he covers the league so damn well give him a follow follow his work there is nobody better at covering the off season the way that this guy does so brad i appreciate it thank you so much for joining me man we will absolutely have to do this again especially when it's me connor and you that really get to chop it up Oh yeah, can't wait. Thanks for having me. We'll do uh we'll do a mock together and I can throw some some picks in the mix. Let's go, baby. See, now you're talking to the people. They told us a couple of weeks ago they're never sick of mock drafts, so we're gonna have to hold you to that. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Brad Spielberger. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We will see you on Monday.